The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, January 8, 2023, on the basis of Acts 10, verses 34 through 38. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. There have been many light bulb moments that have completely changed the course of history. One of the most famous light bulb moments was when Sir Isaac Newton was sitting under a tree and wondered, why does an apple fall downwards instead of upwards? This thought would lead him to develop the universal law of gravity. While testing radar, the scientist Percy Spencer wondered why certain electromagnetic waves were melting a candy bar in his pocket. This realization led him to develop and patent what is known today as the microwave oven. Behind almost any idea or invention, there is a light bulb moment, a sudden realization that has much larger implications. The light bulb moment we're going to hear today sounds very simple. The light bulb moment we will hear, sharing is caring. God's love is for everyone. That seems very obvious, of course. Sharing is caring is something that we have known since the time that we could walk. And yet, as we take a look at this light bulb moment, that God's love is for everyone, that sharing is caring, we'll see that is much more complicated than what it seems like on the surface. When Peter opened his mouth today, he gave us a light bulb moment, and it was along the same lines. Peter opened his mouth and said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Well, that seems obvious, right? Of course, God loves everyone. Of course, God's love is for all people in every nation. You would almost be offended if somebody had to tell you a light bulb moment, hey, sharing is caring. God's love is for everyone. And yet the realization that Peter came to today was that God's love was for all nations, for all people, even a group of people that he saw as unclean, a group of people known as the Gentiles. To us, in Peter's context, if we were to hear that, we'd be ready to take him and throw him straight out the front doors. We'd be very quick to cancel him, and rightfully so. And I'm not trying to defend Peter. His thought process was, of course, wrong. But let's take a look at the context in which Peter lived. Peter was from the Israelite nation, a nation that had followed the same traditions for thousands of years, traditions that set them apart as God's people. It wasn't mentioned in the text for today, but if we look earlier in this account from Acts, Peter received a vision three different times telling him to kill and eat what was considered unclean. This was something that he had never done in his entire life, and yet God was telling him to do so. Now, Jesus' death on the cross was obvious enough. Obviously, we don't need to offer sacrifices in the temple anymore. But there was still a lot 
of tradition wrapped up in the Israelite culture. And yet, Peter was a smart guy. I find it hard to believe that Peter did not know that God's love was for everyone. Peter knew his scripture. And scripture made it incredibly clear while Israelites were God's chosen people, while he had set them apart, his salvation was for all people. We heard just one of those examples in the first reading this morning. A light for the Gentiles. Now, I have no doubt that Peter knew that salvation was for all people. But as you and I know, knowing something is one thing. To understand something is completely different. Yes, I do think that Peter knew salvation was for all people, but I don't think that Peter quite grasped the implications, quite understood what that meant. That Israelites weren't the only ones who deserved the good news. That God's love, God's message of hope was for all people, for all nations. The good news Peter knew. That good news, he knew it needed to be shared with all people, including this unclean, this unclean group of people, the Gentiles, a people that he didn't necessarily get along with. That good news that Peter had, that's the same news that we have today. That's the same gospel that we know. Are we in need of that same light bulb moment? That God doesn't show favoritism? That sharing is caring? That God's love is for all people? Looking at Peter's context and the context in which Peter said it, I think we would all be quick to say, no, no, of course not. We don't need that light bulb moment. God's love is, of course, for all people. No matter what race or nationality you are, God's love is for you. I don't think anybody here would disagree with that. But looking at our context, are there situations in which we live where we don't share God's love with somebody? Even when the opportunity is ripe, the timing is perfect, are there situations in our context where instead of sharing what you own, instead of saying what's mine in the gospel is yours as well, are there situations where we just keep our mouth shut? I know that I have plenty of excuses that I run to whenever I want to whenever I keep my mouth shut. I know one of them is, well, I, I can give you what you need. I can give you some money. I can give you a ride. What do you need? I'm here to give it. But I just don't know if I actually have the words to tell you. Maybe I see it as this is just super inconvenient time right now, and I don't want to make things awkward between us, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Sometimes I'll even think that if I do open my mouth, I think I'm just going to honestly make things worse than they already are. But quite honestly, more often than not, I'm just plain old scared. I'm scared to open my mouth. The list of excuses that we come up with for not opening our mouth, for not sharing God's love, is seemingly endless. But at a deeper level, 
What do these excuses say about us? If God gives us an opportunity to speak and we keep our mouth shut, are we any better than Peter? Or are we even worse? When we keep our mouth shut, is it an indication that what we have, this good news, this hope that we have, is it an indication that we think that what we have, that we deserve it, and somebody else doesn't? It's an honest question to think about. Because when it comes to sharing our possessions with somebody that we care about, I think all of us here will be very quick to say, what's mine is yours. But when it comes to sharing Jesus, when it comes to sharing that gospel that we own, I think more often our attitude is, what's mine is yours, as long as you already have it. Sharing is caring. Sounds like a very simple light bulb moment. But when you look at the implications, when you look at the ramifications of sharing God's love with those who need it, more often than not, those ramifications are enough for us to simply keep our mouth shut. And yet, God knew the ramifications of sharing his love with us. And he still gave it. God sent his one and only son. He sent us Jesus. And the fact that Jesus is God's son is made abundantly clear. In fact, during the season of Epiphany, that's exactly what we celebrate. As we celebrate the season of Epiphany, we see how God clearly reveals Jesus to be the Son of God, to be the Savior of the world. It's made abundantly clear, and especially in the account that we heard today at Jesus' baptism. Because at Jesus' baptism, we heard who Jesus was, and it, it wasn't from Peter opening his mouth to tell us, but there was another voice, a voice that echoed down from heaven. Not the voice of Peter. It's the voice of God the Father who said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus did plenty to prove to us that he is God's Son. But if you need it to be made any more clear, look to these words. Look to the event of Jesus' baptism. where the skies opened up, where Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, both of which names mean the Anointed One, where Jesus was anointed with power and where the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove, it is clear Jesus is the Son of God. Talk about a light bulb moment. This is not just a light bulb that has a dim little flicker with not that much meaning, but this is a light bulb that delivers a blinding flash. Jesus is God's Son. Jesus was sent by God. Jesus is God. If that light bulb moment 
in the Jordan wasn't enough to make that clear, then what Jesus would go on to do from there, what Jesus would go on to do from his baptism, from this very public announcement, from the Jordan River, Jesus would go on to begin his public ministry, a ministry which would include the healing of the sick and the disabled, the raising of the dead, the driving out of demons, and most importantly, the granted promise of salvation for all people. Jesus is a light that shines brightly. And he wasn't just a light that shined for the Gentiles. No, he's a light that continues to shine for us today. A light that shines for all people. And yeah, maybe that uh, light bulb moment isn't, doesn't seem like it's the biggest realization in the world. That God does not show favoritism. Maybe that doesn't seem like it's all that big of a realization. That's pretty obvious. So I'll rephrase it a little bit. God absolutely does show favorites. Or should I say favorite? God does not show favoritism in the sense that look what we've done. When he looks at us, he sees God doesn't show favoritism because we have all sinned. And we have all rebelled against God. And maybe a better way, maybe a way that I can illustrate it is uh, the word to show favoritism, the word that we read, that was how it was translated today, it said God does not show favoritism. But the word to show favoritism in the Greek is a little more accurately uh, translated as face grabber. When God looks at us, he doesn't grab on, he doesn't lock on to any one face. But there is one face that he does lock onto. There is one face that has earned his favor. Yes, God definitely has a favorite. When God looks at us, he doesn't see our appearances. He doesn't see what we show. Instead, all God sees is the face of Jesus. God clearly had a favorite on the day of Jesus' baptism. He made that abundantly clear. He said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The day that Jesus was baptized, it was clear who God's favor, God's stamp of approval rested on. It rested on Jesus. And the same thing happens to us happened to us. That's what makes our baptism so important. While we may not receive divine power from God, more importantly than power, God gives us his favor. When the Holy Spirit came upon us, entered into our hearts, and gave us a stamp of approval. In Jesus, in baptism, God says, what's mine is yours. At our baptism, God's favor rests on us. 
Sharing is caring. God shows us just how much he cares when he shows us who Jesus is, who he shares with us. The context that we live in versus the context that Peter lived in, they're very different. Peter lived 2,000 years ago. But there is one thing that remains the exact same. And that's the way that Jesus is shared. Through word and baptism. Peter opened his mouth to tell the Gentiles the good news that he knew, even when his instinct may have told him to keep his mouth shut. But it would not be, the Peter, it would not be Peter, and it would not be the Gentiles that would be the source of that light bulb moment that day. No, it would be our Savior who shines as a light. When Peter opened his mouth and spoke, and as the Gentiles listened, a miraculous and wonderful thing would happen. Just like it happens at our baptism, just as we are sitting here right now, the Holy Spirit would work through the Word to come upon those Gentiles that were listening to this good news. The Holy Spirit would come into their hearts and give them that stamp of approval from God. And it wasn't just the Jews, it wasn't just the Gentiles that were amazed. It was everyone that was there, was amazed at what happened. And at that moment, on that day, just as Jesus was baptized, just as Jesus was anointed, these new believers would be anointed as well. Where the Holy Spirit would come into their hearts. And God would do a miraculous and wonderful thing in turning what was spiritually dead into someone that has new life. Someone that not only has new life, but God's stamp of approval. So yes, that light bulb moment, sharing is caring, might cause us to go, oh, well, no, duh, that's obvious. But when we look at the implications of what that means, of what sharing is caring, of what God's love for everyone means, we see that it has a meaning that is, leads to something that is much more important than the ability to heat up a hot pocket in the microwave. It leads to something that's much more important than even Newton's law of gravity. No, the implications of that light bulb moment was that God's favor rests on us. And it comes to us through the word and through baptism. That word is a word that we have today. It's a word that we know. That good news of Jesus, that eternal hope, that's a hope that we have. That's a hope that is ours. That's a love that's so abundant, so powerful, that it can cause us to say, what's mine is yours. Because what was his became mine. Amen. Amen.